0: Hey, everybody, we're going to try something different for the experiential exercise following Bruce Grayson's book after. I thought what I would do would be to see if I could give you a little bit of a taste of the experience I've had having read the book. I've been really moved by some of these accounts, but especially by the life review process I thought what I'd do would be to read you some extended passages from the book and see if, maybe for today, what you'd do would be to just sit back and get comfortable, just get a little bit daydreamy, and just let these wash over you the way they have over me. Just notice what you notice. What I'd be especially interested in is you're just getting curious. What if I had an experience like that? What if there's this vast cosmic intelligence that's loving and accepting that would love me to begin to make shifts in my life, much like people who've had a life review? What would I see in my life review if I experienced it the way these people describe theirs? And these are just two or three, but imagine if you'd read hundreds or listened to Dozens and dozens, as I have, they start to affect you. So I'm going to read you one that starts with a guy named Tom Sawyer, whose truck fell on him as he was working on it uh, from underneath. Tom described at some point during the NDE that followed, reliving painful incidents from earlier in his life. Quote, I experienced a total life review. The best way to describe it is to give you an example. When I was around eight years old, my father told me to mow the lawn and cut the weeds in the yard. Aunt Gay, my mother's sister, lived in the cottage out back. She was always fun to be with. Certainly all the kids thought she was a cool person to know. She had described to me her plans for some wildflowers that grew on little vines in the backyard. Leave them alone now, Tommy, she said. However, my father told me to mow the lawn and cut the weeds. Now, I could have explained to my father that Aunt Gay wanted the weeds left to grow in this particular area. Or I could have explained to Aunt Gay that father had just told me to mow the lawn and said to cut that patch of weeds. Or I could methodically and deliberately go ahead and mow the yard and cut the weeds. I did that. I deliberately decided to be bad to be malicious. My Aunt Gay never said a word to me. Nothing was ever mentioned. I thought, wow, I got away with it. End of story. Well, guess what? I not only relived it in my life review, but I relived every exact thought and attitude. Even the air temperature and things I couldn't possibly have measured when I was eight years old. For example, at that time, I wasn't aware of how many mosquitoes were in the area. In their life review though, I could have counted the mosquitoes. Everything was more accurate than could possibly be perceived in the reality of the original event. I experienced things that cannot be perceived. I watched me mowing the lawn from straight above, anywhere from several hundred to a couple of thousand feet, as though I were a camera. I watched all of that. My life review was absolutely, positively everything, basically from the first breath of life right through the accident. It was that panoramic view. It was everything. Grayson then goes on to say, I had heard other experience describe reliving their lives in exquisite detail, and I could understand that a psychological reaction to the threat of death. But then Tom went on to describe an additional feature of his life review that was harder for me to understand. Tom relived his entire life, not only through his own eyes, But also from the perspective of other people. He described this aspect graphically, quote, I not only re-experienced my eight-year-old attitude and the kind of excitement and joy of getting away with something, but I was also observing this entire event as a 33-year-old adult with the wisdom and philosophy that I was able to attain by that time. But it was more than that. I also experienced it exactly as though I were my Aunt Gay when she walked out of the back door and saw the weeds had been cut. I knew the series of thoughts that bounced back and forth in her mind. Oh, my goodness, what has happened? Oh, well, Tommy must have forgotten what I said. But he couldn't have forgotten. Oh, no, knock it off. Tommy's never done anything like that. Gee, it was so important. He had to know. He he couldn't have known back and forth, back and forth, between thinking of the possibility and then saying to herself, well, it is possible. No, Tommy isn't like that. It doesn't matter anyway. I love him. I'll never mention it. God forbid, if he did forget and I reminded him, well, that would hurt his feelings. Should I confront him with it and just ask him? What I'm telling you is, I was in my Aunt Gay's body. I was in her eyes. I was in her emotions, I was in her unanswered questions, I experienced the disappointment, the humiliation. It was very devastating to me. It changed my attitude quite a bit as I experienced it. In addition to this, what's probably more important spiritually speaking, I was able to observe the scene absolutely, positively, unconditionally. In other words, not with the horrendous emotional ill feelings that my Aunt Kay experienced. I experience it with this unconditional love that is only God's eyes or the eyes of Jesus Christ or the light of Jesus or the light of Buddha, enlightened, the spiritual entity, no judgmental aspect whatsoever. This is simultaneous with the total devastation of what I created in my aunt's life, and the arrogance, the snide little thoughts, the bad feelings, and the excitement of what I created in my own life. At that young age. I wanna go on to um, share another one. This one, um, Barbara Harris-Whitfield. She had an, an NDE at age 32, um, where she had a chance to have a life review from a very different point of view, this time less about her own actions and more about a completely new understanding of the actions of her very abusive mother and the terribly dysfunctional home she grew up in. Everything came flooding back, she wrote. I witnessed my brother's rage at my mother's abuse and then turning around and giving it to me. I saw how we were all connected in this dance that started with my mother. I saw how her physical body expressed her emotional pain. I could hear myself saying, no wonder, no wonder. I could feel how she abused me because she hated herself. I saw how I'd given up in order to survive. I forgot that I was a child. I became my mother's mother. I suddenly knew that my mother had had the same thing happen to her in her childhood. She took care of her father during his seizures, and as a child she gave up on herself to take care of him. As children, she and I both became anything and everything others needed. As my life review continued, I also saw my mother's soul, how painful her life was, how lost she was. In my life review, I saw she was a good person caught in helplessness. I saw her beauty, her humanity, and her needs that had gone unattended in her own childhood. I loved her and understood her. We may have been trapped, but we were still souls connected in our dance of life by an energy source that had created us. As my life review continued, I got married and I had my own children, and I saw that I was on the edge of repeating the cycle of abuse and trauma that I had experienced as a child. I was becoming like my mother. As my life unfolded before my eyes, I witnessed how severely I had treated myself because that was the behavior shown and taught to me as a child. I realized that the only big mistake I had made in my life of 32 years was that I had never learned to love myself. Grayson goes on then to write, you guys, about kind of reflect, reflecting on, on the many life reviews he's read and, and encountered in his over a thousand interviews. He writes, And for people who have NDEs and then return, their life review can not only help them cope with losses and find meaning in their lives, but also help them make changes in their behavior based on what they've learned. Tom's re-experiencing his life events not only through his eyes, but also from the perspective of others, helped him understand the pain he had caused others and avoided repeating that behavior. Barbara's reliving her childhood trauma, not only through her experience, but also from her mother's life, helped her understand and come to terms with her own abuse and to make changes in her life to avoid perpetuating that abusive cycle with her own children. So I read these to you because I wanna give you some sense that there's a change that's possible, a change that can happen in literally in seconds or minutes at most, quite literally. But what if it isn't an NDE that's really necessary? It's just a willingness to have a completely different perspective about what we're doing here. I wanna read you one more. Grayson writes, of course, the true test of a spiritual path is not what people feel or say, but whether it translates into everyday life. As educator Frank Crane put it, quote, the golden rule is of no use to you whatever unless you realize it's your move. Grayson goes on to write, Fran Sherwood had an NDE during an emergency abdominal surgery when she was 47. She described the importance of focusing not on the experience itself, but on acting on what she learned. Quote, All of this had and still has such a profound effect on my life that I've not been the same. Yet, I'm still me, perhaps a freer person than before. All my values have changed and are still changing, becoming clearer. There's often a sense of hunger for a deeper involvement with my fellow man and I'm always seeking a closer touch with God. And along with the daily routine of living, I try to improve whatever I can, wherever I can, and to spread the message of love, all in the small ways that we do. The experience is valid, and there's a certain joy and awe in relating it, but the moment comes when the experience ceases to be the focal point. You have to really look upon it only as a beginning, a new birth if you will, and from that point you begin to grow. This time, the growth is a new reality. It points you to becoming involved with others. The self begins to dwindle away, and though you may try to hang on to the near and dear of self, you really have to let go, for if you do not, you'll be negating the purpose you now have. This growth is for your good and ultimate happiness. Over and above the talking about it, the sharing, then has to come the action. Not that you have to stop talking or sharing, but now included in that is the action, the action of doing what we were sent back for. It may have been presented to each of us in different ways, but the same message comes out loud and clear. We all know what it is, and though it can be said in a thousand ways, there is only one word that says it all, love. And the message is this, just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. This is an irrevocable truth. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you find in there just something you could take with you today, something you could wonder about. What would that vast intelligence, that unconditionally loving presence on the other side want you to know What would you experience about this life? What do you suppose you'd come back ready to change?